This is the LarryandFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon, and I'm very happy to always talk about podcasters, other podcasters. I discovered a podcast not long ago. It's called Katie and Me, featuring Katie Rogers and Chris Hutchinson. Now, Katie is a produce farmer, a television personality, a strategic messenger, and a single mom. When do you have time to breathe, Katie? That's an excellent question, and I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> well, at least you've taken the next breath. That's good to see. Uh, also with us is uh, making a return visit on one of my podcasts is Chris Hutchinson. Chris Hutchinson, if I can say it right. He's probably best known as the owner of the Pint Cycle here in Fishers. Uh, I think he describes himself as an entrepreneur type and his own businesses and uh, uh, does a lot of things in the business world. So, Chris, welcome back. It's good to have you here. Oh, good to be here, Larry. Thanks so much for, for reaching out. Um, yeah, Katie and I definitely uh, enjoy checking out podcasts and talking to other podcasters. I think uh, we all we all like to be heard and feel like we have things to share. So it's always good to get uh, fellow podcasters together. You know, it's nice you had a whole episode on listening, which for podcasters, that's kind of, <laughs> we love to talk. Yeah. Listening is a lost art, so we may touch on that before we go. Uh, Katie, you know, I'll tell you something. Um, those sisters of Providence that taught me in grade school would probably wonder whether Katie and me is grammatically correct. What would you say to them? I would say that it sticks in people's minds, and that's why we chose it. Oh, so that's where the messenger part comes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll frame that up that way. Um, so I will take the blame on that. Um, Katie definitely is much more grammatically correct than I am, but Larry, you hit on it. You know, uh, I've been pushing Katie for the last year or so just with a lot of things that she's done, and Having, you know, had her own television show and, and things along those lines, I thought that we should lead with her name. Uh, and I thought Katie and me kind of rhymed, but I was less concerned about the, uh, the grammatical, the <laughs> grammaticalness of it, which isn't even a word. But, yeah, I'll take the blame on that one for sure. Well, now, Chris, I had an important question for you. I, I can see you. The listeners cannot, of course. But uh, I was going to be asking you whether or not you were still using your daughter's Cinderella headphones, but I see you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually uh, ponying up some money and and got some some uh, Apple Eye headphones, but they they are still the plug-in ones. I do have the wireless, but when I'm in like an interview or hosting a meeting, I don't I don't trust the wireless technology, so I always uh, revert back to to the plug-ins. But yeah, I, I've upgraded since the Cinderella headphones since the last time you saw me. Yeah, I guess as an older guy in the 60s, I guess I, I don't trust the wireless yet either. Maybe I'll come along someday on that. Katie, let me go to you here because I mentioned earlier you, you're a farmer. You have a 120-acre uh, produce farm, and uh, you were working on I, – I love one of the podcasts you did in early May I listened to uh, because you're, you're trying to farm this produce farm, and May, early May is a very important time for a farmer. My grandfather was a farmer, so I remember that much from many years ago. But then your children were at home in the in the house, which is I think located on the farm, and yes. they were doing virtual learning. So you're on the you talk about being on the two way radio. Okay, have you got your homework done? Have you done this? Have you done that? Uh, how did you get through all that? You know, it wasn't ideal. I 
and I have several people that work out here on the farm who were in the same situation. They had kids who'd been sent home from the same school that my kids were sent home from in most instances. And it was really, uh, we all felt like we were failing, that we were letting our kids down. And um, we would try and bring them out to the fields with us as much as we could. There's a a wide variety of tasks that have to be accomplished when you're doing mixed produce production. It's not the, you know, two weeks of just sitting on a tractor and doing the same thing over and over. There's a lot of, of, um, variation. So we were able to bring kids out once in a while and have them work with us or, um, but you know, we had to stay separated as well. And so, we had to make sure that we didn't have kids out at the same time because it's very hard to explain to six and eight and 10 year olds that they can't actually play with their friends or to keep them distanced. And that was uh, a juggle that I don't know that we even accomplished. We got the kids through the schools were forgiving. And um, I really hope that, that we're able to do something more academically productive and maybe socially productive in the fall. (laughs) <laughs> but it's yet to be determined. I, I really don't feel like that ended up being a win, no matter how much we tried to juggle and accommodate each other. And I think every parent has that a different way, you know, it's, and, and I'm lucky, but my, I, my twin daughters are 26. In fact, I'm going to be a grandfather next month if everything goes as good. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but what uh, I'm just trying to imagine having younger kids during this Pandemic. I mean, that's that. That's. Uh, I we may get a chance to touch on that a little bit before we go. Here it depends on how our time goes. But uh, Chris, you have something I have never had on any of my podcasts, and I've been doing them since February of 2016. You have a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, I and you had mentioned that, and I want to be as transparent as possible. Uh, they are an affiliate sponsor, so um, we we. Uh, we generate revenue when folks go to um, go to their their sponsor page, and, and we have kind of a, a free sign up with them. So yeah, I, I want to. We're not. We're definitely not getting rich. <laughs> so I want. I want to be. I want to be clear on that. But yeah, Audible um, was was really cool to let us kind of become an affiliate sponsor for them, and we have our own Audible link that people are able to go to and uh, test out their product. And, and I, I guess I'll share it if I'm not, I wouldn't be doing my job otherwise. But if you go to uh, www.audibletrial.com slash Katie and me podcast, uh, and then you have an opportunity to, to try and download a, a free book from Audible. And then we were able to, to capture some revenue that way. So And Katie yeah, is I, K-A-T-Y, just so people know. Yes, yeah. correct. K-A-T-Y. <laughs> I have to be difficult. I have a niece who's K-A-T-I-E, so I have to keep that straight. Um, if you've listened to our podcast, you hear me spell it out every single time. Every episode, time. at least once <laughs> and sometimes time. more. So, uh, yep. hey, I have no pro- I have no I was hoping you would uh, plug yourself there so if you can get a if you can get <laughs> one guys. or two one or two little uh, items out of this podcast, uh, more power to you. Yeah. Well, Katie's uh she utilizes Audible more than anybody I know, and so it just was kind of like a natural fit. So, yeah, you really uh, do, yeah. Katie, you really do have 30 in in the queue, is that right? Oh yeah, books. I'm I'm obsessive. I am. I use the local library. I get audiobooks from there when I can. I I do podcasts, um, other people's podcasts, <laughs> so everybody should well, be listening I've, to you. Yeah, and, and uh, let's put let's plug the local library, the, um, the the Fisher's Library, one located in Fisher's. I mean, we 
typically we haven't been there the last several episodes because of the pandemic, obviously, but we were, um, the beginning start of our podcast, we did all of our episodes in the basement of the library. I mean, they have yeah. an incredible setup there. Larry, I don't know if you've been over there, but I mean, that's the, it's called the AV room. And I have been doing almost all my podcasts there until the pandemic hit. I guess it's open again. I could go there with masks and, and distancing, but I'm trying to play it safe, but they have one of the best facilities in the area. So yes, that yeah, the acoustics are great. too much because it's, it's <laughs> we've never like not been able to get time there when we needed it, but it is, I mean, I want people to utilize it because it is incredible and they have uh, green screen capabilities and lighting and everything else. So um, yeah, definitely a big plug. We, uh, we've been doing things through Zoom, which we, we talked about on one of our most recent episodes, and, and Zoom has been good for us, which what we're doing here today. But I look forward to being able to get back into that studio just because it's, yeah. it's so fantastic. I started off podcasting saying I'm never going to use Skype or Zoom. I'm going to always do them in person. Well, that went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we all have to adapt, right? So, uh, yeah. Katie, I want to ask you this because I think what you what you talk about, whoever you are, whomever you are, uh, on your first podcast is always saying something special, and uh, you are into social issues. Your messaging, you're, you're in communication. You you do that as well as everything else you're doing, farming and all that, being a parent. Mm -hmm. But you talk about in and out groups. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want you to do the whole speech here, but just give us a, an idea because I know a lot about being on the out group. In groups, I don't know as much about. So uh, tell us what in and out groups are about and why that's important from a social point of view. And it can even, as you mentioned in your podcast, be important in the workplace. Well, I feel it's it's really important for us to understand the idea that that we have people with whom we identify and we feel safe with them. We feel like we have something in common with them and they are in group. And those, you have multiple in-groups, right? I mean, I'm, I, my in-group could be, depending on the situation, people in my age range, right? If I'm in a room full of teenagers, but there's two moms in their 40s, we kind of become in-group to each other, right? And it, it could be people who have the same profession, religion, social beliefs, um, anything that helps you identify, we're biologically determined to look for people that are like us in some way, and form uh, enough of a bond that it increases our feeling of being safe. And so we decide who's in and who's out. And a lot of what we do in politics is helping people, we feel it's helping people along in determining this in and out. And so it's us and it's other, right? And it can be very divisive. It can be um, detrimental in a lot of ways. And what I'd like people to understand in their daily lives is that you do this framing, whether or not you have the words to understand what you're doing, right? So when you see someone who is wearing something or who owns something or in behaving in a way that is counter to your own values, they are an outgroup. You generally push them out into the fringe. And when you're in an environment with people who have something in common with you or perceived something in common with you, you tend to draw them in mentally into that in-group box. And we look at other people this way all the time, driving in traffic, you're looking at stickers on cars, brands of cars, you know, everywhere you go, you're doing this. And, um, and if you have a shared experience with someone, say you've gone through a traumatic event on an airplane, uh, you see people suddenly, or, or, you know, after we've had some kind of attack, you see people, um, adhering in a group and, and deciding that they are all in that in-group together. And that can be a really beautiful thing. 
too. So um, it's just it's just another way we can look at the world around us and kind of interpret what's happening. I want to go to Chris here because you had a recent, I think the most recent episode I think you have up uh, posted at the moment. You mm-hmm. talk uh, about an experience you had dealing with the uh, Indianapolis Area Chamber of Commerce. They call it the mm-hmm. Indy Chamber. Yep. And it had to do with the discussion with some uh, uh, Black Lives Matter was the issue. You had some people from the, the ministry who were involved yeah. in this. And what I took away from that presentation, that discussion you had with Katie, is that uh, you learned something important. Uh, and that's something that I try to do, and I tried to learn yeah. a long time ago. It's really hard to do. And you say, podcasters, we're talking right. all the time, <laughs> but listening is so important. Tell me what you learned a little more about listening, going through an exercise about Black Lives Matter, those issues related to that, and the exercise you had with the Indianapolis Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I, have a, I have a full-time job now. I, I, I went to work for an organization uh, the end of, end of January, and part of my job is, is connecting with community leaders, both in central Indiana and around the state. And, um, you know, so, so I have a lot of opportunities to, to interact with folks, and we are a member of the, the Indy Chamber. And there was a call with uh, minority faith leaders of Indianapolis to talk about um, Black Lives Matter and messaging, and it was the Indy Chamber's opportunity to be proactive and, and reach out to a couple of different groups and um, have some conversations and, and try and um, look at things from a little bit of a different perspective. And uh, for me, um, I, you know, I, I don't make any bones about it. I'm a supporter of Black Lives Matter, and I've, I've said that on podcasts. Um, but I also wanted to, um, quite frankly, just shut up and listen. Um, and that isn't always the easiest for me. If you if you hear me on the podcast, I, I try not to do it, but sometimes I, you know, overtalk or inadvertently mansplain, and I'm always trying to to solve problems. And so listening to me isn't always my first initial initial reaction. I may hear something and then uh, think I have an answer and, and try and explain. Well, you know, it was, it was, this was a really good opportunity for me to, to be quiet and listen. And the, the, the topic or the point that I was trying to make is instead of just hearing um, these conversations, really truly listening and digesting and absorbing the information. And instead of getting ready for a break in the conversation so that I could then insert commentary or a narrative or a possible solution, um, take a back seat. I'm not the subject matter expert in this. And I do want to be an ally and a supporter. And maybe in this instance, the best way that I can do that is simply by listening and, and gathering a better understanding. And the conversation was, was really fruitful and beneficial. Uh, we were nearing the end of the conversation and I'm very, uh, I'm very process oriented. I'm very task oriented. And what are the action items that we need to take from this conversation? And I was getting a little bit of anxiety because we were kind of wrapping up the call and, and there weren't any, here's what we're doing next. Here are the next steps to continue this conversation. And so I didn't say anything, but there was a, a question window and I just kind of put in there, you know, what are, what are the action items? It was brought up by some of our guests that it can't just be about conversations. It has to be about what we're doing next. And so kind of as a, as a reminder, and from that, then the, the leaders of the call 
said, okay, we're going to get an email out to everyone on this call by the end of the day. We're going to identify what these key next three steps are, et cetera. Um, and so out of that, I then, as part of my job, was able to uh, have additional conversations with some of these faith leaders in the area. And, and now we're going to be able to, to collaborate on a couple of other uh, items as well. So for me, it was just, it was a, it was a really uh, wonderful opportunity to, um, to shut up, <laughs> quite honestly, and, and, and listen and, and hear, you know, what, what, what is needed as opposed to always trying to be a rescuer or, you know, a problem solver. Uh, in this instance, just listening was, was, uh, was very fruitful. And Katie, one thing you like to talk about a lot as somebody in communications and has worked in journalism, trying to be teaching people how to be literate when dealing with the media. I have always been a proponent of having a required high school class for every high school student in Indiana on how to how to be a consumer of news. And and Katie, the, and I think that ties into what Chris was saying. You know, if you're listening to the news or you're reading it or watching it on TV and processing the, the audio and video there, uh, we need to understand how to differentiate between the different types of news programs, how you uh, understand what's the difference between journalism and opinion. They both have their place. Talk about that because that's a big issue for you. It is a big issue. Um, I think one of the biggest failings or gaps in our understanding of media right now is that people don't seem to understand the difference between media as a broad term. Um, that could be the Kardashians. That could be your local newspaper. That could be a billboard, right? That could be this podcast. Uh, and journalism. Journalism is something done by people who are trained, observing, and reporting, and um, I think a lot of times what you have is you have things that have been editorialized. There's an opinion put out, right? There's, a, there's an agenda, and that is not innately negative, right? There, there are good and bad agendas. Um, but you see people getting very confused between editorialism and, and journalism, between reporting the news and commentating on the news or framing it up for you, right? And there are gray areas. There are absolutely situations where you turn to something to get facts, but there is commentary involved. And um, I think it would benefit us. I, I agree with you. I think it would benefit us that, that kids in high school had to go through a media literacy course, I think that would be really helpful for the general population to have an understanding and be able to sort that out without, you know, being like so many of us and, and, and sitting here now having to learn after we've been inundated with so much information from so many different directions. Well, and look, Katie, look how many, we talk about this all the time, look how many new media sources there are, you know, in a given day. There's, there's constant involvement of where people are getting their information from and, you know, do they have the, the ability to differentiate, you know, <laughs> what is like you said, um, researched and thought out content versus, uh, propaganda might be a strong word, but, you know, unsourced opinion. Um, and so, you know, I have a 13 year old daughter and there isn't a day that goes by where there isn't a new, you know, app that she's utilizing or talking about that she's, she's giving out, she's putting out and receiving information. Um, and so I think, you know, I think having that literacy is vitally important, particularly as today's digital media age. When I see something on uh, in a store or in some uh, magazine or a newspaper and it says 
as seen on TV <laughs> just irks me. All that means is you had enough money to put a TV ad up. That's all yeah, it means. Yeah, it lends credibility, right? <laughs> yeah, visibility and, is not credibility. And, yeah. uh, and you make this point, and, and Chris just mentioned it, and, and Katie, you've made this point many times on your podcast, that uh, the, some of these kids need to get literate about this because just because it's on the internet doesn't make it true or accurate. Not just the kids. Some of our parents and grandparents need to get literate well, about okay, this. Okay, I'll buy and, you that. And, <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's understandable. You know, if you didn't grow up in this media environment, it's understandable. But these kids are being inundated from a very young age. And so the the education should come with that exposure, ideally, right? So and you know about throwing mess- them in. We teach them to swim. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, as you know, Katie, human beings can only take so much as far as, you know, the, the noise coming at us and the marketers are very good at trying to sift through that and get a message across with all that going on. So, uh, yeah. And, and you met, you must mention something, Chris, uh, you have a 13 year old daughter. Uh, I've been through that twice. You've got a lot to look forward to, but, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be tough years and having a father who cares and talks to a uh, daughter is very important, but, uh, you've talked about this on your podcast. How are you handling this preteen daughter that uh, trying to deal with the issues she's dealing with and, and, you know, uh, set up a line of communication with her. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've failed a lot. I I'm open about the fact that I think if you, if you're not failing, then you're not getting outside your comfort zone. Um, so uh, I will admit that I've, I've had failures with her, but I, I'd like to think I've learned from them. So my goal is to never make the same mistake twice. Um, and, you know, I, it, again, I have to work on my listening skills. And um, I think, you know, I've done that. There are times where you're inundated with so much information. Uh, you have so much going on. You're trying to, as I like to say, you're trying to juggle chainsaws. And sometimes, you know, you, you crack as a parent and you react instead of listening and you may lash out or yell. But um, I think my wife and I have done a tremendous job of making sure that our daughter knows that, that we have her back in, in any capacity. Um, you know, we've, we've developed some systems with her that if she ever feels like she's in a, you know, an, an unsafe scenario, uh, we've, we've built some, some things that, um, leveraging access to a, a cell phone that, you know, she can, she can reach out to us in a way that lets us know that we can be there to, to help her, but she doesn't have to, um, suffer from peer pressure or let her peers know that, you know, she's uncomfortable, things along those lines. So, you know, it, it does require open lines of communication. And um, sometimes 13 year olds don't necessarily want to talk to their parents. And so um, kind of creating an environment where um, they may not realize that they're opening up and sharing things with you without you physically saying, hey, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk. Um, you know, so you have to just kind of read the personality of, of, of your kids and find what works for them. And, and along the way, you'll, you'll make mistakes. But as long as you're not making the same mistakes over and over again, I think you're, you're doing a pretty good job as a parent. Yeah, I had uh, one daughter who would talk to me anytime. The other daughter was clear. Sometimes she would talk and sometimes she just didn't want to talk. So she doesn't mm-hmm. want to talk. Now, you right. uh, talk about being a single parent with everything. You got the TV show, you have the podcast, you have the farm, you have uh, the strategic messaging uh, work that you do. How do you balance everything, Katie? Well, um, there's a seasonality to it. 
the television show has wrapped for the time being. We we can't uh, go film a third season. And so we'll see if we're going to be able to resume after the pandemic. Um, but that's in another state, and that has to be done in these tiny little increments. Um, and the messaging gigs, I will pick up over the three months that are much slower over the winter for the produce farm. So there's that. Um, parenting is, I mean, I keep my kids... Uh, very much in the loop of my life so that they'll keep me in theirs. So like I said, I, I take them out on the farm with me and I set aside 10 minutes every day over lunch where I have, uh, I drink a Cuban coffee with my 12 year old daughter. And then I have a cup of tea with my 10 year old son and that 10 minutes I know we're going to have. And there's 30 minutes before bedtime where we read a book together and talk about it. And it's usually something you know, kind of mature. It's usually, um, you know, a book about an issue that we're studying together and we get through, it takes forever. But by setting aside those little bits, they can see that I'm working hard and that I'm busy and they know how to reach me and I touch base and they touch base and we're just kind of striking our own balance there. But yeah, the days are very long this time of year for me. And there is no small amount of parent guilt when you realize that you're not um, as attentive as you would like to be. But I am hoping um, and, and on some level banking on the idea that they're going to develop um, some resilience and some ability to manage situations without being micromanaged by me at this age. And I, I've seen people juggle better than I juggle, I'll be honest with you, but, um, but it's working out. We all do it different ways. I, when I was working for the, I'm retired now, but when I was working for the federal government, I did a lot of traveling. Uh, I was gone a lot. I worked long days sometimes. And, uh, yeah, you feel you have those guilt feelings sometimes. So I know where that's coming from. We all have to deal with it in a different way. We're about out of time. So I want you each to talk a little bit about this. I'll start with Chris. Uh, listening to your podcast, what I've noticed is that anybody who does podcasting as a team, as, as you and Katie do, you know, you have to have a chemistry, and you do. You you two de- definitely had that chemistry. When did the two of you, Chris, understand you had the kind of chemistry that could lead to a very successful podcast? <laughs> that's that's a great question. So Katie and I, uh, we met each other a couple of years ago, actually working on a state senate campaign, uh, senate campaign for a uh, uh, independent candidate here in Indiana. And uh, Katie at the time was located in Georgia. And this, you know, I was still living in Fishers and, and working for this candidate who uh, lived in Broad Ripple. And um, Katie and I just kind of saw each other every day on uh, via Zoom or whatever technology we were using at the time. And we just kind of started understanding that, gosh, we, you know, we, we work well together. We have a good connection. Um, at the time, I was um, more, more, more fully operating my independent uh, consulting company. And so Katie and I started talking more about what she was doing and uh, the fact that she might be relocating to, to Indiana and I got to better understand her TV show. So we kind of started working on um, in a capacity to me try and help her get some additional you know, advertisers and things like that for her television show. And then when she actually relocated here, Katie and I were having coffee at least once a week uh, every day, I mean, every week. And Every time we would have coffee, we'd just say, gosh, wouldn't it be great if we could just somehow get this information out to the masses? Wouldn't it be great for people to know this? Or wouldn't it be great if people knew about this topic? 
And just kind of organically, we said, well, you know what, maybe we should do a podcast together. And um, it's just, it's taken off. And, you know, I, I genuinely really respect Katie an awful lot. Um, her, her background, her intelligence, uh, the way that she carries herself and presents herself. It's just, it's, it's a pleasure to be around. And so I think, you know, that has made me um, hopefully a little bit more interesting as well, because um, she's really, really, really good at what she does. And um, if you want to hang out with her, you need to be good at what you do as well. So um, it's, it's just, it's, it's evolved and it's worked out. We're um, we typically try and do two free episodes a month. And then we do have a Patreon channel where we do one uh, premium episode as well. And so um, that, that cadence is working for us now, uh, particularly since we're both working full time. Um, you know, hopefully this continues to grow and, and maybe we'll, we'll do more episodes. But uh, right now we, we really enjoy, enjoy the, the process. So, Katie, was it you or Chris that came up with the idea for the podcast? Uh, it was Chris. I don't volunteer for projects. I'm just incapable of saying no. Um, and Chris, <laughs> that was that. really <laughs> nice. Thank you. Chris talks me up too much, but but um, we did. We would meet and we would have these like conversations where we would teach each other things. That's really, I think, where this came yeah. from, right? We would just, mm-hmm. we would come to the table and say, you know what I learned? I went down this rabbit hole and checked this out and here's my information. And we realized we were both pretty decent at, at summarizing and expressing things. And we went, oh, and then I was talking to my barista or my accountant or my whatever. And you know what they told me? Oh, and shouldn't everybody know that? And so this whole thing was just, what if we could bring more people into the conversation and we could all learn from each other and get a little better together? Right. And, and Chris is great about that. He does his homework. He's willing to like a big thing I appreciated about talking to him was, you know, it's nice to be at a table where people can go, Oh, I didn't know that. Or, you know what, turns out I was wrong. Like Mm. these, these were, you know, really, um, conversations that you could look forward to and so that's what i'm wrong a lot too so (laughs) (laughs) so chris you know there's an evolution so chris how's uh, how's uh, is a pine cycle doing okay in the pandemic uh it is not uh we've actually closed it um so we are we're looking to to potentially sell the business um and so we made that decision uh my wife and i actually in uh, late december early january um and i was fortunate to uh go to work a place I, I really respect and a person that I really respect and that happened in the end of January. And, um, I was able to, to survive, you know, even some adjustments that we had to make during that pandemic. So, um, yeah, the pine cycle officially, we were in business for four years. Um, the, the timing of me taking another job was, was pretty miraculous uh, in hindsight. Um, we were already looking at, at, you know, a fairly lean budget, uh, going into this year. And as it, as it is, we, we would have really, really struggled. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. We've, we've, we've met with some folks that maybe have an interest here locally of, of, uh, taking it over in some capacity. Um, I have a, a, a friend that I grew up with who's just opened a brewery in my hometown of Bowling Green, Ohio called Juniper Brewing, and he may have some interest in, uh, relocating the bike there. So, We'll see what happens. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing experience, and um, it is a really good business model. It just we ran into some some scenarios that we couldn't have anticipated. So, 
Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but I fully understand, and I can tell you, you brought a lot of joy to many people in Fishers with that pint. I, I'd like a lot to of think fun. so. We had a lot of fun yeah. doing it, for sure. And Katie, one last thing from you. My, I was very interested uh, to hear from, from your podcasts that this uh, business you have uh, with produce uh, directly uh, selling it to people who know it's been grown locally, that uh, you, you've got more demand than you have product at the moment. That's got to make you feel good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I work for an amazing group of people. I manage this farm, um, and uh, they have a mission to uh, provide fresh local produce to food banks, and that is funded by our customers who purchase it by restaurants and, and CSA members and our farm stand that we have here every Saturday. So. And their podcast is Katie and Me. It's very easy to find. You could go to Google and just write, type in Katie and Me podcast, and it pops right up. Uh, any other suggestions on how to find it, Chris? Uh, we're, Stitcher is really big for us. Um, we're on Spotify as well. We're on every major um, podcast channel, but uh, Stitcher is a big one. And then our uh, platform is Podbean, um, which I just wanted to plug them because it's a very user-friendly uh, for folks that are maybe interested in, in starting up their own podcast. So. Once again, it's Katie and me. Katie is Katie Rogers. The me is Chris Hutchinson. Um, both of you, uh, hope, hopefully you'll have the chance to start recording in person. We're using Zoom today, and maybe someday we'll get a chance to all get together and record in one place. But I want to thank you both for taking time out of your very very busy schedules and uh, would recommend uh, that people uh, try Katie and me. I think uh, they would enjoy your podcast. Thanks again for joining me today. Thanks so much, Thanks, Larry. Larry.